Hey everybody, this is Taylor from Game Devs Quest with this week's quick tip. If you want to become a better game programmer, take a look at gameprogrammingpatterns.com. On that website, you'll find a list of articles that outline different game programming patterns, such as the singleton pattern and the observer pattern. All of these patterns are common approaches to solving game development problems, and knowing them will not only help you become a better programmer, but make your games more efficient. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast chronicling our journey f- from Game Dev Scrubs into Game Dev Dumb. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. And you know what that means, guys? Uh, it means that it's a Monday. Welcome aboard. Hopefully, we can help you guide you through your your weekly grind. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also, if you're listening to this, that means that uh, that you survived OMG Jam Four. Taylor, That's how right. about you? Did you survive? Dude, I survived. Uh, wow, that was quite the weekend. It was. It was a weekend where I think I spent 25 hours on game dev, and then I spent six hours streaming all your games the next day. <laughs> yeah, I was so sorry I couldn't be there for that, man. No, dude, it was all good. It was it was a lot of fun um, playing through all 61 games. We ended up having a couple trickle in the last day, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, played some really good games. Um, but I was freaking dead tired afterwards uh i don't i don't know sitting for that long without i think i may have taken one bathroom break it was pretty rough um i i think that we've hit that limit if we get more than 60 games i don't think we can stream them all in one city <laughs> yeah probably true though because i was pretty strict like i wrote up a whole schedule and granted i was an hour off but the whole schedule was based off of five minutes per game. Um, and what it, what I ended up being uh, getting down to was about 10 games per hour because I did six hours um, mm. instead of 12, which I think is pretty realistic when when trying to get through, you know, a, a game in its full, in its entirety, even jam games. You want to give them at least five minutes, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and probably what you didn't account for was, like, prep time between, you know, like, setup, breakdown, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I didn't put any breaks in. Um, I did, actually, I spent, um, beforehand, I'm really happy that I did this. I downloaded every game beforehand. Um, I wrote up a schedule so that people knew when their games were going to be played. Um, and I think that was pretty helpful um, because if I wouldn't have downloaded them beforehand, then that would have just increased the time of the stream. And it did take me about an hour to download everything, label it, get it set up in the schedule and everything. So, yeah. Um, but I think that like if we do that the next time, it'd be pretty cool to have just like a full schedule, even if it's like we stream three times that week or something, um, having that schedule for people to be able to watch their their game live because sometimes like you know like for your game if you were there live i would have been able to figure out what to do um yeah you know no, absolutely <laughs> so um yeah that was i got i have to admit that was a little embarrassing when i watched it i was like oh yeah. no like you know and some people were like cracking jokes in the chat and i was like no i did more <laughs> i did more and taylor's like well Good effort, Rhett. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I felt bad about that. After afterwards, Rhett messaged me like that night or something, and he was like, "Yeah, so there was like that wasn't my game. Like some some of it was messed up, and I don't think you knew. And yeah. you were just like kind of defending yourself. And I felt really bad afterwards. It's okay. <laughs> Essentially, what happened was I put in text graphics. Which I was super proud of. Like, they looked so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently they just didn't load or they didn't port it or something. I have no idea. 
Yeah, so um, like I was stuck on. If the... you look in the Discord chat, you can see it again. But yeah, not that it's super important that you need to see it right now. But no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I w- so I was stuck on like the start page. Really, right, had like this little mini game going on inside the start page, and if you didn't get it within a couple seconds, it popped up and gave you a hint, and that didn't fire off. So I was just like, huh. Yeah. I'm on a start page and there's a start button and when I click it nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and you did you did catch yourself in the loop which yeah. I I didn't bother I was going to put a hint in about the like being careful for the loop like right away, but honestly like I was able to get out of it every single time, so I didn't think that Oh, it interesting. Was, yeah. Yeah, where it was just, stuck bouncing between the like kind of in a corner. Corners. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure how to get out of that, but... Yeah, you just have to basically just, like, mash W while, like, facing the appropriate direction, like... Oh, okay. And when you hit the wall, it, like, it stops detecting your key presses, so you have to, like, press... But I, Oh, gotcha. Like, yeah, so it's kind of a weird thing, but I was able to, to get out, like, literally 50 times when I tested it, so... Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I'm sorry about that, but overall... No, it's okay. Overall, the the stream was was super fun. Had a bunch of people hanging out. Did you get a chance to play any of the games? Dude, no. I I was looking at it at it this morning, but I had a bunch of other crap. I had Jesus, I'm burpy. So sorry. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I was looking at them this morning, but I had a bunch of other crap I had to take care of. But I do plan on getting to some of them because some looked really fun. Dude, so. yeah, there were some really good ones. I can just highlight. I did watch a bunch of your stream though. Okay, cool. Yeah, you probably get get the gist of it. I mean, it took six hours to to get through them. So, um, I I'm not gonna be able to play every single one of them. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> um, I don't expect anyone to play all of them. Um, but yeah, man, there was a couple that were just so good, like. Probably one of my favorite ones, um, if you saw me play Tower of Safety by Tiger J, um, it reminded me of, if you remember Crunch Law's game from OMG Jam 1, uh, the green square one, where you just have these four lanes that like intersect in a cross uh, in the middle of the screen, right, and then right. like different shapes came, and you had to like press the button at the right time or something. Well, this one... Um, it added kind of this fantasy flair to that. And basically you have the middle is like your home base and these people like your villagers are like walking into your base for protection at different speeds. And in each of the lanes, there's also dragons that fly in and um, all you do is control with the air, with the arrow keys and it shoots an arrow in the lane that you're, that you've picked So, like, if you hit up, it shoots an arrow up. And so you have, like, I think maybe five or ten lives or something. And if you hit a person, you lose a life. But if you shoot a a dragon, like, you get points for it. And if the dragons also hit your base, you lose a life. And it was, like, so chaotic, dude. Uh, The art style was super cool. Um, It was just, like, a super fun one mechanic game. It, like, really captured exactly what the one mechanic game jam is all about so i highly recommend that one i think tiger j actually put it out on mobile too which is pretty cool um so if you guys want to check that out it's it's a pretty good one um what else man there were so many good ones in the 3d realm there was one called temple of the golden watermelon yeah <laughs> by yeah, andy man 404 the it's like you're walking around and you're this watermelon slice and uh, you're just trying to get through these obstacles. I didn't get a chance to beat it because um, it actually is like fairly long little story game. But everything is a watermelon and you're just walking around these platforms. And like the textures that he was able to put in this game look so good. Like the the little watermelon character like makes you thirsty. Like just looking at it. <laughs> so that one was that one was pretty cool. We didn't get a ton of 3D games, which you know you'd almost expect from, uh, from yeah, a weekend long game jam. Yeah. So that one was uh, was really cool from the 3D aspect. There was also uh, PPAP. <laughs> Did you see that one? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't know this was like a meme or something, but it's like all it really is is like this little kind of video i think you just like walk into a corner there's like four corners the screen is white and then there's like a pineapple these pins and an apple 
and you just walk to like the the pen and then to like the pineapple and then a pen and an apple and then it does this little like animation where this dude is like <laughs> i don't know he's like singing he's like pineapple pen apple pen (laughs) the most random thing you'd ever seen like if you hadn't seen that meme i had i was like dude (laughs) i felt like i was tripping Um, it was that one was pretty damn funny what else oh man another 3d one was uh cookie space golf um so cookie from the discord she made this game that was just so like such a viable product it's space golf and it uses physics so like you have these different planets and you start um on one planet you just try to get it into the flag like into the hole on another planet and you know you can play nine holes 18 holes whatever and you like move your mouse around and click and it shows the trajectory of where the ball is going to go that's so cool i know i saw that one i i I wanted to play it it looks so good yeah it's like super fleshed out and god she's so smart because like all the math that she uses you remember when we were making uh castle master faster blaster and all i was trying to do was like get that like trajectory thing to show up for where your your bullet was gonna go like she did that and took it like to the extreme because it was calculating like all of the forces of each planet into your path that your ball was gonna hit and god like it's just crazy it's such a cool little idea so i think she's actually gonna extend that and work on it to to release it so that one was super dope um if you guys haven't checked that one out it's probably gonna be coming out on a platform soon so keep an eye out for it sweet um what else I know we're just kind of going going down the list here. Obviously, Stirfly from Maddykins was was super good. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude. Oh, that was uh, that was cool. His art is fantastic in that game, and of course, the name so good. Um, dude, I know he's like just nailing the names of his games. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> yeah, it took me like, a little while. I pride to... myself. Sorry, no, but no. I, I pride myself on being like a clever namer of things. Yeah. You name most of the clever episodes of EM Devs Quest, so. Yeah, well, yeah. And <laughs> it comes from, like, two years of practice with, well, more than that, but I guess, like, back in the Monstratic days in the band, like, all of our songs were, like, pun names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then for all of the episodes of Duel of Taints, the other podcast I used to do years ago, they were all also pun names. <laughs> so you get like, you just get into a rhythm of naming things that are silly or fun or clever. Yeah. But Maddykins, I think I he has me beat just between <laughs> Grape Escape and Stir Fly. Like, I know, yeah. Come on. So good. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, yeah. His artwork has gotten so good over the last, like, I even a couple months that he's been going. He's I'm been, sitting here just like looking in his uh looking at the lounge here in the Discord chat and he's got this like saw blade. Yeah. I know, dude. Well, I think he said uh the other day to me that he has like several thousand hours in A spray. So Oh whoa. <laughs> yeah, just over like the last couple of months he's like hit it really hard. And you can totally tell in his games. So um that one's pretty cool. You should check it out. Satan stole my sandwich. That one was pretty cool from My Secret Weapon <laughs> games. Uh, he has this really interesting effect going on in his game. So, like, if you play it, once you actually start doing um, the game, it's basically like you're just falling down to hell trying to get your sandwich back from Satan. Nice. <laughs> and uh, so it's one of those games where you're just, like, going and you're trying to avoid the obstacles. But, like, he had this thing set up where it's a 2D game, but it looks very 3D as you're as you're falling like the there's like foreground and background kind of moving in this very three to three-dimensional way and right. what's crazy about it is like after you play the game you start kind of seeing things like you know when you look at those pictures for like you're supposed to look like 60 seconds at a picture and yeah, then you yeah. like look and at the you, wall like, at the and you one. see it dude yeah their game made like did that it was crazy so he actually put like a a warning at the beginning of the game that says like if you if you uh i don't know you know like people with epilepsy or whatever that might struggle from that kind of thing like beware 
Um, right. That and the story was pretty damn funny. So that was pretty cool. What was your game? My game was Fruit Loot. I think I talked about. Oh right, the Fruit Loot. Duh. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> yeah. So Fruit Loot. I keep forgetting you did Pico Eight. Yeah, Pico Eight. Pretty fun. Cool. Wait, real quick, did you have like what was your challenge? Oh God, my challenge was to implement the GDQ Twitter app on GameDevsQuest.com, which I didn't uh, even that didn't happen. I did <laughs> not even try. <laughs> yeah. Did you work on yours? What was mine? Yours was continue working on the Click Team uh, game for the OMG Jam. Fix the physics problems. Oh yeah, um, I didn't fix the problems. <laughs> <laughs> did you work on it more though? Uh, I did. Yeah, actually, I did. Nice. Um, I actually had a lot of fun just like because um, there was a lot of days this week because obviously, uh, you know, just to fill everybody in why I wasn't uh, why I wasn't able to stream all the games with Taylor. Uh, my wife's aunt passed away and it was pretty sudden, but I can't really say that it was unexpected. She's been pretty ill for a while, but she's been doing great like the last like couple years. And she had a real sudden decline in health. And passed away literally the morning of the day that Taylor streamed all of the games. And so there was a couple days where, you know, I'm just around for emotional support and that type of stuff. So I had my laptop and things just to kind of be with the family. But also, like, there's only, like, you know, I, I'm not very good at just sitting around. Yeah. Um. So I actually did, like, a lot of art uh, for my game. Just, like, you know. Oh, and by the way, spot on analysis of the ship. Uh, somebody said it looks like Cowboy Bebop, and then you said, knowing Rhett, it probably is. Yeah. Yes. I was <laughs> looking at a picture of uh, that spaceship from Cowboy Bebop <laughs> when I was painting mine. Nice. Uh, so I, I was pretty happy that somebody. It's like my favorite thing is when you do an intentional homage and somebody gets it. Yeah. You know? That is pretty cool. I could, yeah. Um, but I could totally see that. But. Uh, so yeah, I was just like working on other spaceships and stuff and also just like dreaming up other ways, like, you know, cause to be honest, I didn't actually get further in my game planning, like what the game would be. I wanted there to be this playing field that had gravity with this planet. And then I was going to figure out what happened there. Maybe you're flying around and avoiding obstacles. Maybe you're trying to like fight some other spaceships that are shooting at you or something. Mm hmm. But anyway, I was dreaming up of other ways to implement some of that. And I did try and try and work on the physics some more. And I just can't get it. And I watched like a freaking hour long video about how to implement what I'm talking about. And ultimately, it wasn't what I even needed. Like, it just wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So that sucked. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I might do some more work well, later on just to. If, if you need some inspiration, there's quite a few um, space games that use gravity um, yeah. in here that were that were pretty good. Um, you should check out Best Gravity Game Ever. Uh, that one by Ronza. It's like this puzzle game, but you basically... You're trying to get from start to finish in one, one like action, and you like point your ship in a specific way, and then it like interacts with planetary bodies to like move right. through the space. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's cool. Keep at it. That's how. That's best way to learn is to fail. So yeah, that's all part of doing a game jam. And then it was kind of fun too. I've had like kind of a, bo a boost in inspiration lately too because uh, for some reason uh, I've been uh, I've been like tweaking around with my uh, Raspberry Pi. Oh, nice. Um, for a while, and uh, yeah, for some reason I I like had this book lying around about. Um, automation using raspberry pi mm -hmm. and there's been like so many just like dumb little things that i've wanted to do with this thing and so i finally started looking at it and it was like yeah like you can have like spreadsheet generation or you can have like lots of dumb stuff. like one of the things i'm working on right now is just to have it basically like tweet the weather at me oh that's cool um yeah so like i can have like live weather updates just like delivered to my phone or something <laughs> or like maybe to like a i don't know some other widget somewhere else but uh but yeah so that was kind of, so looking at that and messing around with that and it uh they encourage using python which just like looking at it's actually like not that difficult yeah um so i've been um setting some python and all that trying cool. to figure out how to uh implement it with uh, my raspberry pi like comes with like built in like python yeah. functionality so that's yeah, like yeah linux cool. and python are i think a lot of people use python on linux 
also yeah it's interesting that you're starting to learn python because um alia you know with her a lot of her jobs um, that she's looking at a lot of them want science related programming languages like experience and when you look up like you know scientific analysis programming language python is usually one or two next to like r and f sharp and stuff so i'm like i was kind of seeing if if she would be interested in learning python and i would like try and learn it with her so that's cool yeah like a lot of it's kind of like uh ruby in a way or anything where it's like trying to have more english style syntax you know right exactly Um, which actually for me is kind of confusing sometimes because i'm so used to like yeah some of the c style syntax that's like now that i've done it so much it's like that's in my blood um (laughs) but that's pretty cool yeah keep learning python yeah i'm gonna i bought uh well you know to, to plug humble bundle again yeah there was like a few months ago they had a a book bundle that was all about learning python so i've got like 20 freaking books <laughs> that uh are about different uses for python and it's like a beginner's guide to python and stuff like that so yeah so it's been kind of fun doing that and just like tweaking around with my pie and seeing like what i can do yeah um, yeah it's been kind of like a breath of fresh air in a way good if you need another resource um before I really got into programming, I was kind of trying to learn, and I didn't know what to learn, but I went on to Code Academy, and they had yeah. tons of stuff. They have a pretty nice intro to Python on there. It at least kind of gets you going with the basic syntax, so check that out if you haven't already. Right. Good idea. Check yeah. it out. I like those interactive, interactive tutorials, because then you're learning by doing instead of just by reading. Right. One other game that kind of might inspire you. And I don't know if we talked about this last week, but I didn't realize that there's so many fantasy consoles out there. You know, like Pico, right. Pico 8. We, I think we talked about Lyco 12 last week. But yeah. there's another one called Tick 80, which I hadn't heard of. And Tick 80 is basically the same. It's all, I mean, if you look at it, it looks like Pico 8, except for the resolution, um, I believe is 720p. So okay. it it's oh. like more widescreen, um, which is pretty neat. And one of the, the only reason I knew about it is uh, one of the people who entered the game jam, Andre Rudenko, made a game called Comet that is all done in Tick 80. And it's basically like this physics game where you're a comet just floating around space and like right. trying not to run into a planetary body. And it's like a beautiful little i don't know almost like ambient type of game um you should check that one out too because it has a lot of that same physics-y stuff that you might be interested in applying kind of towards your game so um but yeah dude all these (laughs) it's kind of cool because a lot of them use like they all use lua um that i've seen at least and so if you know like pico 8 you already have kind of an upper hand on trying to learn something like tick 80 so and those ones are free tick 80 is uh, open source which is cool so you could just check it out just go download it so if you guys don't have pico 8 try one of those other ones tick 80 like 12 they're both free um yeah i didn't mention a lot of games in here um just because there's so many but there's so many good ones really proud of all the entries i think that this was like I mean, I think I mentioned this last week, but um, highest quantity, but also highest quality. I think that we've gotten from a game jam, so feels good. I can't, I can't wait to do OMG Jam Five. It's gonna be good. Yeah, man, we're gonna get all the way to OMG Jam Ten yep. this year. This, you heard it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's see. The rest of my week, I we were. So me and Rhett were talking beforehand. We've both been kind of down, which is weird because we were on such a high from the OMG jam. Um, You know, I was feeling pretty confident and just the natural highs and lows, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, for me, it was like, I had so much fun doing the one mechanic game jam and working on fruit loot using Pico eight. 
And then as soon as I came back to my game, like my lumberjack game, I was like, I just got overwhelmed and kind of depressed and realizing there's so much to do. Um, I did make some progress this week, but like I also did a bunch of stuff and then just undid it. Like a lot of stuff relating to art. Like one of my biggest flaws that I've had uh, in making this game was that I didn't choose a palette for my art beforehand. Like I didn't stick to it. So I was trying to work on the UI this week and update, you know, some of the like panels and buttons and things like that to make them look a little nicer. Like I, I followed a tutorial on how to like texture wood with pixel art. And I thought the product was really good. Like it looked like a board of wood, but the color scheme like didn't match what I had already in the game. And so I tried to stick to a a palette that was working for other parts of my game and I just couldn't get it to vibe with the colors that I had chosen. And so then I kind of like spiraled out of control and went down this this path on might have been Saturday night where I worked for like 2 to 3 hours trying to convert um like my trees and my players to a different palette that I could just stick to for the for all the objects in the game and if it looked right then I was going to just redo like all the art not like redraw it but like change the colors to fit that color scheme and damn dude like I I just couldn't get it to look right and it, it made me realize that like if I if I would have chosen a palette to begin with the way that my art would have turned out like the whole style would have been different because like with my trees, I have like five colors per tree, five different colors of green, but then none of those are the same color as the grass. And if I stick to like a 32 color palette or a 64 color palette, it's hard to find those colors that match that same feel that I got just from picking a color of green and then picking a different color of green, you know, and not sticking to a palette. So, god, I I don't know. I felt really bad about myself after trying to to try and fit that into a palette, and I just decided after wasting all that time that I I'm not going to do it this this time. So, like the biggest thing I'm going to take away from this experience is that the next game I make and all the games after that, I need to just pick a palette to begin with and stick to that for the rest of the game because that's going to really influence how the art turns out for the rest of the game. And it'll bring consistency to it. Like right now, I don't really have any consistency. I put that new UI stuff in and all of the all of the text, just you can't even hardly see it. It looks so bad. But if I pull it back to the way that I had it, it's inconsistent, like in terms of color themes, but it uh, you can at least see what I'm going for. <laughs> right. So that was kind of hard. I got a little bit depressed about that because it was like a lot of work. And, you know, people on the stream were watching and saying like, dude, your colors are all over the place. You can't even see what's going on or like it just doesn't make a lot of sense from a style perspective, which kind of hurt, you know, like it didn't feel very good um, since I've put so much time into the art and I've been feeling like I've been getting better at pixel art, but like color is not something that I know a lot about. So I do have a, there's that Udemy course that we have on, uh, on pixel art. Um, And he has a section in the middle. That's all about color theory. So I started watching that. You should, you should, there's a bunch of YouTube videos, too, about color theory. Yeah. It's one of the more interesting things, especially, like, when it pertains to, like, marketing and stuff. Uh-huh. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've watched several videos on it, which is pretty interesting. Like, there's even a lot of psychology that goes into color theory. Like, what yeah. what colors resonate with uh, certain situations. Like, if you want to represent power, what color should you pick and stuff like that. So, yeah. it's kind of cool. He was talking about that in the video. Um, but yeah, I, 
I don't know. It just shows that I have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Well, you know, man, I, I was watching your stream the other day and you had like a little scene with like some rolling hills and there was like tree on either sides and like clear cut up the middle. Yeah. Dude, it looked really good. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's the title screen. I've been I've been working on that for quite a while. Like I put It looks like professional, dude. It looks <laughs> so good. Thanks, man. Thanks. Feels feels good hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's well, and that was the other thing. Like I started kind of freaking out once I was like going down that path, like changing all the colors, like I was changing all the colors of the trees and trying to stick to the palette. And I actually had some that like kind of worked, but I had redrawn like a bunch of the tree parts. Like I, d- I have in my game, like I do a lot of dithering between colors in the trees, but there are very subtle differences between the colors, like going from the bottom of a tree to the top of the tree. And when I changed them to a new color, like all of that stood out and it looked so messy. So I tried to simplify it and take out a lot of that dithering. And then once I got to a point where it kind of looked decent, I was like, oh my God, does this mean that I have to redo the entire title screen too? Ah, like kind of freaking out. Uh, (laughs) Because like no joke, I've probably put 20 hours into the title screen. So, well, hey, you want to hear my opinion? Looks fucking good. Dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 20 hour shows. It shows. Yeah. Well, and that yeah, that's the thing. It's uh I've I've already put so much time into it and this this project like it's kind of dragging. I'm getting to the point where I want to be done, but I I just can't look back. Like it's still a like a learning project it's not something where i'm like i need to like earn money off of it or anything so i'll uh, i'll finish it i'll put it out there and then we'll move on um having learned from some mistakes i made and everything will be good so yep the other thing i decided this week i haven't mentioned this on the discord or on twitch or anything but i'm only going to be streaming uh two times a week going forward for a little while um, I've been having a lot of fun streaming, but I also haven't made very much progress on the game, and I want to just knock it out. Like, I've been going for four months, and that's actually originally what I wanted to spend on the game was three to four months. So I'm already past my initial time I wanted to spend on it, and I'm not making enough progress. So I'm going to um, take that other time that I'm not streaming and still work on the game, but just focus on, you know, getting into a state of flow and knocking stuff yeah. out like yesterday rather than entertaining people and all that yeah yeah exactly like streaming's awesome and by doing it i've put in a ton of game dev time which has been really beneficial but like it's kind of getting to that point where i need to have more um more to show for all the time that i'm putting into it so yeah. like, like yesterday i spent probably 3 hours um working on some pathfinding stuff in the game it used to be that if you clicked on a, a character and clicked around the screen they would only go one space in the direction that you you clicked but i tested that i was playing my game on my phone and it just felt really sluggish like very tedious to have to do that so i changed it so that now you can click a point and it could be like you know five spaces away from the player that you've selected and they'll just automatically like figure out the path to get there and jump there. So that's felt kind of nice. And like, there's no way I feel like at this point that I would have been able to do that on stream. It would have been like a whole week of streaming to try and implement that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, well, that's why I was happy. Like we had that conversation before OMG jam. You're like, are you going to stream? I was like, no, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it's like, nah, dude, I'm just, I'm just chill out, dude. I made a, like half a pot of coffee, just drank that, got in that flow state, man. And it's like before I knew it, it was like ten hours had gone by. Yeah, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and I think I told you afterwards, it was like the most fun I'd had like doing game dev in a long time. Yeah, dude. Because in other ways, it just it feels so much like a chore sometimes, especially like you know, I'm not, I'm not like a, you know, what's the word? It's not like I'm not busy i guess is the word i'm trying to find but 
you know, I've got a lot of shit going on. And so sometimes like when I'm working on game dev, it feels like a chore, even if I'm just like practicing something or looking into something or studying something. So then being able to take that whole time and just have it to myself. Yeah. And not worry about entertaining, not worry about talking to someone, not worrying about holding up anyone. Right. It was fun, man. And I got to listen to my music. I had a lot of fun just kind of, you know, listening to Spotify and with discords, uh, you know, function, uh, you can sync your Spotify and Discord account. So, like, there was a couple people who were messaging me, like, "Oh man, like I'm digging what you're listening to." I was like, "Yeah, that's fun." Oh, what? You know? So, how does that yeah. work? Like, if you're listening to a song, someone can like click on your account or something and listen to the same song. Yeah. Are you on? Are you on Discord right now? Well, yeah. We're talking about Discord. The yeah. Fuck am I talking about? So check this out. So watch my name. Uh, let me see. As soon as Spotify loads up here, I'll just uh, give you an example. But yeah, it basically just ha- j- the same way that it tells you that you're playing a game. And uh, yeah, people can listen along. Oh, that's that's super cool, dude. Yeah. Nice. So and then I made a I made a OMG Jam playlist. So like <laughs> as I was going along and found songs that I think like spoke to the sensibility of my game or uh-huh. like my my zone that I was in. Yeah. Um, I just added him to this playlist, so that was kind of fun. Cool. Um, not that you guys need to, but if you feel right. like uh, f- following the OMG Jam 4 playlist, just, uh, you know, search me out on Spotify. It's called OMG Jam 4. Sick, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun. And again, like, I probably wouldn't have, done, you know, been able to get what I did done if I was, like, you know, like, pandering to an audience, essentially. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, it was honestly like for OMG Jam, the streaming, I think, helped me. Maybe it was because I was doing something where it was like I was just going fast. Like I wasn't paying as much attention to the chat because I like I had this goal and a clear deadline. But it actually I felt like it kind of helped because some of the features that I added came straight out of the chat. Like, yeah, in Fruit Loot, um, if you press Z it finds the near or the fruit that is closest to the ground that's dropping and it speeds it up. And someone, someone recommended that. I think it was Beersium. He recommended um, that feature and it turned out awesome. So I don't know. It, it, I think it kind of depends on the situation, but, but yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's, it's sometimes it's kind of hard to balance. So, um, speaking of music though, I've been kind of struggling trying to find the right application for me to make music for my game. And the last, uh, application I really wanted to learn was Sunvox. And I played around with it enough to feel like I could get, like, get the hang of it and make a song and whatever. But the problem with Sunvox is that I can't find anything that sounds like real instruments. It's all like synth based. Yeah. And so I'd have to make kind of electronic music, which is super cool, but I don't know if that fits my game that I'm working on. Like the uh I I think the best instrument that I could have in my game would just be like an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And so I did a little bit of searching for other music creation software and there's this one that I've seen. I think I actually installed it uh, a while back and just never even opened it, but it's called LMMS, which I think used to be Linux Multimedia Studio. Um, And it looks a lot like Fruity Loops. So yesterday I pulled it up, downloaded it, uh, played around with it, and I think it's going to work out uh, pretty well. It's all open source, so you guys can try it as well for free. Um, And I think people... Like, the way that it works is people will make a sound effect. So, like, if you were to record one note on your acoustic guitar and export it as like a wave, you can pull that into LMMS and then yeah. now you have full access to like that instrument, which is kind of cool. So like I downloaded somebody's acoustic guitar sound, mm-hmm. which was just a wave, and it then it pulls it into like a piano roll and like matches the pitches to the Yeah. I don't so know if that's how they like normally a, it, work, but yeah, that's that's how you get organic sounds in a digital environment. That's just sampling, yeah. Oh, okay. So I didn't really know. So how that what worked. they did what they did was, you know, they played every single note on their guitar and then they played it 
long, they played it medium, they played it short. So then you can hook up a MIDI controller and you can have these samples and you just basically, like you said, attach it to a piano roll and you can just sit there with an actual MIDI controller keyboard right. and hammer away. And, you know, assuming that your software and everything is is up to snuff, mm-hmm. when you press long, it plays a long note. When you press short, it plays a short note. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's how they do it, man. And it's been, they've been going at it for so long and all this stuff that there are so many sample libraries out there. Right. Um, I mean, a lot of the music that you listen to anymore that sounds organic, it's Is not. just samples. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I'm pretty sure, God, what was this, what was the soundtrack I was listening to for a video game? But it's a full orchestrated video game, but everything is fake. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that's how Oblivion was. Like, I remember watching a making of video. I think I got, like, the special edition of Oblivion back in the day, and they had, like, a making of DVD that came with it, and it was just one guy. I was going to say, I I thought Morrowind was like that. However, I'm pretty sure I've seen pictures of, like, Jeremy Soule, like, uh, with an orchestra for Morrowind, so Mm. I don't know, but... I don't know. I I remember at least Oblivion... There was a guy who was sitting in front of his computer with his keyboard, and he was like, "Yeah, I wrote the music for Oblivion all on this yeah, computer." Soul. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, totally interesting. Yeah, like I took some I took some music production classes in in college that I think, uh, well, they were really fun and really inspiring, and I was almost considering, like, wanting to try to do that professionally, but then didn't. <laughs> um, but I think that experience will help with this. And I don't know. I don't remember exactly talking about sampling like that, but that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, and that's like, um, so, uh, you know, my friend O'Shea, the way that he's able to, um, sometimes when he's making music, like doing a demo, he'll record his guitar. It sounds really professional, all this sort of stuff. And then he'll write the drums himself. He has, a collection of drums that he sampled himself. Oh, wow. Okay. That's why it sounds so like, so real. real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because they are essentially. Yeah. That's cool, man. And that's the thing with the modern music industry is like, I remember like kind of the last time I came around, uh, came around finishing up, you know, playing a ton of shows, Mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, I, I was reading a bunch about how just like, Modern drummers, they don't value playing with a metronome or anything like that. And so these bands that are really, you know, that took off and had a following from playing a shit ton of live shows, they'd go to the studio and they the studio would be really freaking irritated because the drummer like just had no <laughs> actual sense of time. Yeah. And so a lot of these bands that you listen to on modern, like, especially like, I guess I'm referring mainly to metal. Yeah. They, their drums aren't even them playing. Yeah, the drums were fake. <laughs> they were sampled drums that they then just uh, re- they sequenced yeah. in a sequencer like Fruity Loops or something. Well, you know, that makes sense, though, for metal, because especially with, like, the complexity of all these blast beats and stuff that are going on, yeah. like, there's no way a human could keep up with that speed. I mean, maybe there is, but I don't know. That takes a lot of I mean, a lot of work to get to that point. I've seen some really good drummers who can lock down complex beats really easily. Yeah. But what happens is you get these kids who roll up and their guitar players can shred and all this stuff. And the drummers just never put the time in because he didn't have to. Because they're just playing show after show after show after show. And you know how it gets in live. Like, it's just messy sometimes. Yeah. And you don't worry about nailing it down because you keep getting shows. Right. Because the only thing that is mic'd is your freaking kick drum and <laughs> snare drum, you know? Yeah. And nothing else matters. Uh, yeah. So if they can play, you know, 16th notes on their kick drum, that's all that matters. Nothing yeah. else matters, right. you know? But you lose a lot. And a lot of modern, these guys, like, they just can't, like, they go in and it's like, all right, here's a click track. And they're just, they're so wildly offbeat, you know? Yeah. Well, and I can say as a drummer, you could probably say this too. It is it's very uh taxing to try and keep up. Like you got to be in shape to be able to do 
keep up consistent like in tempo yeah uh blast beats and like 16th notes at a certain speed like i listen back to the trick yeah the trick is when you're recording though is like you're tracking it so you're doing section one section two section three section four and you you know you take breaks (laughs) you can get your breath back yeah theoretically like that's how you would do it like if you have enough time like i i sometimes listen to our old recordings and we always just did you know live live basically and yeah, there are certain parts where I'm like, dude, ah, oh, my bass drum got off by like a fraction of a second there for a little bit. And then somehow I like catch up or I stop for like a measure because there's a break in the song and then I get right back on, you know, it's just right. muscle fatigue. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's just how it goes. And like a certain p- part of that is acceptable, right? Yeah. Like, but I think when it becomes an issue is like when they can't even hold down the beat. Yeah. Like if you can, if you're off a little bit, but you're holding down the beat, that's, that's better than nothing. You know, everybody's going to mess up. Nothing's perfect. That's the joy of recording music. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, but yeah. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, that's how sampling works. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm excited to, uh, to learn some more of this LMMS. It like, it seriously, I feel like if you were to look at it, you would, you would have like no problem. Because it looks so much like Fruity Loops. Um, Do you know, like, how how does the system work when you're importing your own, like, sound libraries? Like, I don't really know because all I did was, like, this is where I'm not certain if what I, what I grabbed yesterday was, like, a full sampled thing. When I played, all it was was a wave file. And the yeah. wave file had literally one note. And so I imported that into LMMS. And then created it as an instrument and then once uh-huh. once it was there i pulled up the piano roll and i could play any of the notes and it you know sounded i mean maybe not exactly like a real guitar but like pretty close to it what they might have done is they just changed the pitch yeah i think that might be what possible. they did um but you should check it out um you know if it's since it's uh open source it's free to use um, yeah maybe i will because like I don't want to have to pay for things uh, for my games or like worry about any kind of copyright thing, you know, for making yeah. my own own music. But I definitely like that's the whole thing of being like being indie. I want to do it all myself, you know. Yeah. So check it out. It's pretty yeah. cool. I'll take a look. Yeah, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, anyways. <laughs> I think that probably. I yeah, we should probably call it there. Yeah, we kind of got a busy day ahead of us. We have uh, later on, we have yet to record a book club podcast, which if you guys haven't checked out yet. We have a fun time over there. Yeah. It's a little bit more dry, a little bit more academic. I don't think we have, uh, well, I don't know. It is fun, but I don't know if a listener would have as much fun as they do over here. Game Devs Quest. Yeah, it's, but, uh, uh, it's fun in a more intellectually challenging way. Like, yeah. we tackle a lot of issues that don't make you feel very good about yourself. Well, not about yourself, yeah. but about like the world the world yeah yeah so but uh yes we're gonna do that later we read a hundred year history of uh, the relationship between israel and palestine and uh it's pretty illuminating um so yeah we got we got to do that yet i um i know that it's not quite my month taylor but uh later on when we're talking with everybody i think i already have my book picked out if it helps people uh, secure it early yeah i want to know what it is i'm pretty stoked that danny picked a book on climate change that was yeah i was really debating between between that and this one that i picked i gotta say i I haven't researched what the book is at all yet but with a name like the great delusion i'm i am sort of wondering like he's not a climate denier well, he's not. Maybe he's like, we have to read books from a challenging perspective. <laughs> How about a climate change denial? No, I have, I have the book, and it's, it's more, it's. I think it's actually called the Great Derangement, and it's more uh, about what did I say? delusion. Oh, sorry. Kind of like the God delusion. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh. The Great Derangement, I think, is more about just how society has failed to address the issue. Yeah. We're pretty much fucked, but yep. that's all right. Yep. We're doomed. Our kids will grow up learning to breathe sulfur and brimstone, so. Yeah, without any uh, rainforests or coral reefs, they'll be like, Dad, what's a shark? Yeah. <laughs> what's wildlife? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we used to have those before we had to make synthesized food. 
Uh, God, that's fucked up and too realistic. I know, dude. Give it a hundred years, there won't be Florida so, anymore. Yeah, I'm just that'd kidding. Be a good thing though. So. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want me to tell you what I picked? Yes. Now, or do you yeah. Just want to no, wait tell me. Podcast. Um. Yeah, I think my pick. My my pick is going to be, and I was going to text you guys later to see if anybody's read it yet, because obviously, if somebody's read it, we can't read it. But it's a book called Profiles in Courage. Oh. By president john f kennedy oh cool okay yeah i right. became aware of it when i went to the presidential library the kennedy presidential library in boston nice and i was gonna buy it there but it's like you know 30 dollars at the fucking gift shop so it's like eh <laughs> i'll buy it at home so i got it for like three dollars at the used bookstore nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah but anyway it's all about um congressmen and senators who displayed great courage by voting against the status quo maybe even to their career detriment i see maybe to the detriment of their career rather nice sounds Um, good dude. so anyway yeah that's good i have to say as soon as you said by president i was like oh god like the (laughs) word president nowadays just gives me anxiety I know, dude. It's like PTSD flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to read Art of the Deal. Yeah. <laughs> Art of the Deal followed by Fire and Fury. <laughs> followed by, um, what's the Comey one? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, I don't but know. But no, uh, John F. Kennedy wrote this book when he was uh, laid up as when he was a senator. He like broke his leg. So he had a bunch of time and he just laid in bed and wrote this book. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I think that's going to be my pick anyways. I'm about 99% sure, as long as nobody's read it. Cool, man. I haven't read it. Looking forward to awesome. it. Awesome. Well, I think that about does it for this week, right? Yeah, we should do some challenges, I guess. Here's my challenge to you, Taylor. Yeah. I want you to spend some time, and uh, I want you to spend some time making some music this week. No pressure. Explore some different themes, right? Uh-huh. Um, maybe just like go to like i don't know a random image thing where a random photo can come up and you can be like i want to make a a little a little jingle that encapsulates this picture right what does it make you feel you know maybe you're making an island theme maybe you're making a, a theme for because you're because the picture is like a traversing the Arctic or something, right? Ooh. So you're on an Arctic adventure. All right. Maybe you're on a boat, so you're trying to capture that sweet uh, Captain Jack Sparrow sound, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever you got to do, I want, you know, just some quick little uh, vignettes, some quick little jingles. Doesn't have to be long, 20, 30 seconds. Try and capture something, capture a feeling. Uh, cool. You know. I will do it. I like it. Cool. Uh, usually this is easy for me, but my mind is, uh, all mixed up. I've been thinking a lot about, um, non-game dev related stuff. So I'm kind of leaning towards something like that, but. Well, I've already given up straws. That's good. Yeah. Alia and I have been really big into minimizing our impact on just waste, you know, like minimizing our waste and, uh. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, well, you'd be pleased to know I don't throw away anything, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, so like even to the point where, like, you got to analyze what item, what food items you buy, and like what they come with. Like, yeah, certain packages are just completely wasteful. Like, we get this uh, Daya mac and cheese. Sometimes it's not real mac and cheese. You know, it's like the vegan yeah. version. And I really enjoy it, but they use um, a cardboard box, they use a plastic bag for their cheese stuff, and then they use a plastic bag for the noodles. It's like, well, I can understand the cheese because it'd get everywhere, but do you really need that plastic bag for the noodles? I don't think so. Just put it in the box, right? Um, That's what other ones do. So we're kind of like getting to that point where we're going through and trying to reduce wasteful products that we purchase well and now with all this like recycling legislation that's or not really even legislation but just with the change in recycling like i was reading some recycling rules that change and like they don't accept like 
really common stuff that you used to be able to recycle anymore. Like they don't, they don't accept like jugs, like plastic jugs that aren't clear anymore. Right. Like what? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And like, but, but remember like 15 years ago when like half of that stuff wasn't accepted either. Like, I don't remember that, but I remember being like at the beginning of high school and like the recycling rules were super strict. So like nobody recycled and then it became like easier. You just, people just started putting shit out there anyways. And then the rules became more lax and more lax and more lax, you know, because we're, because China was buying our, yeah, exactly. Like, I think we're in a different situation now where like we need to demand that we have local recycling, you know? Well, we do, but the problem is is that people are recycling materials that are contaminated in such ways, right? And they're yeah. recycling non-recyclable materials. Yeah, I know. It's it's called like, wishful recycling. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I mean, I fall prey to that could... for sure. Yeah. Um, but I am too. But remember, like in Japan, like how strict the recycling separation was. Like, yeah. That's how we have to have it here. I know. But people don't want to do the work. No. We're super yeah. entitled. I go out to our little garbage section and people literally just dump their garbage in the recycling it like yeah i feel like there should be fines for that honestly (laughs) oh there absolutely should be yeah and there should we should have more clear recycling guidelines they should be stricter and uh we should also fucking hold manufacturers responsible for fucking yeah right um packaging their shit or using materials that are not recyclable i know yep you know what i mean like all this all this like thin shitty cellophane type plastic stuff it just like gunks up the recycling machines yeah, i know you know and then recycling isn't as efficient anymore because I now know. you got to stop the damn machine and scoop out all the or pizza, assholes who put pizza boxes in their compost yeah, thing yeah i know or i'm uh, not, not the compost, compost but the recycling. recycling yeah i know it's dude it's like yeah well what's just really depressing is after that happened i read a bunch of articles on on it and like even even the stuff that we sent to china only they said only nine percent of what we sent them actually got recycled the rest went into yeah. landfills or burned yeah which is just well, we have some we have some like plasma incinerators here in oregon that we use to like generate electricity and they just take any type of trash like yeah that's a better use than just like going into a fucking landfill for god's sake yeah Part of but me China, thinks... they're actually taking steps to freaking change their impact on the environment, and and that involves shutting America off of buying all their fucking shit. Well, and so... with all the trade war stuff, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. no one wants to work Thanks, with the U.S. O- anymore. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, God, Obama. <laughs> um, all right, right. Here's my challenge to you. It could be, it could be two parts. One okay. is I want you to check out the Climate Lab video series from Vox. Yeah. Um, it's only nine episodes. Each episode's like five to 10 minutes, but it's fantastic. Uh, check that out. The other part is if you feel inclined, I want you to write uh, to your representatives in the government to make a change related to uh, waste or climate change or something like that. Like maybe it's, maybe it's uh, trying to fix the recycling system or something. Or in- Taylor, I will do that, but something I learned from a friend of the show, Kurt Burning, and his organization, Indivisible, is uh-huh. that, well, my representatives only care about what's currently uh, um, being discussed on the floor of, of the house. Yeah. Uh, I hear that. I will do that. I'm kind of to the point where I, and I've talked about this before, I want to just like automate something that's that fires off emails to them like every single day. I just want to be yeah. annoying just ddos them yeah dude DDoS them. <laughs> uh yep exactly so yeah absolutely I, I but i can do this i can write an email i like it in fact i'm gonna write a handwritten letter my friend hell yeah dude i'm do gonna it. Even u- use my best ink nice in fact i'm gonna get out my freaking double ply paper Ooh. <laughs> yeah now we talk that's some. how much you care <laughs> uh Awesome, guys. Well, I think we're about doing it. We're about done doing it. We're about there. <laughs> and we did it together. Mm-hmm. Hand in hand, me and Taylor and you, listener. Our friend, our confidants, etc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are our links, Rhett? If you guys want to join our Discord server, come have some fun over here with the rest of us. 
you can do so by going to bit.ly forward slash GDQ Discord. But if that ain't your thing, you just want to hit us up. We're all over on Twitter. We're at GameDevsQuest. You can always write us an email. Uh, I haven't been doing my due diligence in checking that lately, but rest assured, if you're emailing us, you have not gone forgotten. Uh, GDQ at airpodcast.com is where you can do that. And uh, and also, I, I just want to let everybody know, we've been talking about it. We haven't pimped it hardly as much as we should, but we got the up and the, the new landing page, the new homepage for Game Devs Quest. It's gamedevsquest.com. If you go there, you can follow links to, um, of course, the Game Jam stuff, which is now a little outdated. However, you can still find all the submissions by following those links. You can also follow the links there to find all of our episodes if you aren't doing so on you know iTunes or whatever podcasting platform app uh, that you might be using. And uh, if you are using one of those apps, feel free to leave us a rating and review. Tell us we suck. Tell us you love us. Leave us one star. Leave us five. Um, it just is it's the currency of the podcast world, and it goes a long ways for us. Um, and last but not least, if you are so inclined to help us out financially, uh, we got a real great system set up with Humble Bundle uh, where you can do that. You get a lot of cool shit for yourself, and a little bit goes to us. So whatever you purchase, a small portion goes to us. You can use the sliders at the bottom to control that. Uh, they got all sorts of really awesome uh, bundles right now. And I know I talk about this each and every week, but uh, like right now, um, they have a virtual reality bundle. And by time that this airs, it's over. But I will post the link in the Discord and on Twitter. Um, they got a, a virtual reality development book bundle. So they got all sorts of fun stuff. Um, I was looking at that. I actually bought the bottom tier and I'm pretty happy with it so far. So, uh, you can do that by going to bit.ly forward slash GDQ hyphen humble. Um, we appreciate anything and everything guys. It's been a fun recording session. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Thanks guys. I'm Taylor. Cute that music. Yep. <laughs>